Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 224. We are now going to begin in Ezekiel chapter 40 to 42 today, uh, a beginning of a final vision that the prophet Ezekiel has. And this vision begins with a description of a new temple of God building a new dwelling place to be with his people. And what's amazing is that as we read from John 14, we hear Jesus say that he's going to prepare a place for those who trust in him and belong to him, that we will dwell with him in his father's house. And so we see in these combination of passages, this amazing reality that God is a God who is personal and who invites those who belong to him to dwell with him in the house that he builds. So let's start with Ezekiel 40 and this vision of the building of a new beautiful temple. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year after the city was struck down, on this very day, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me there. By divine visions he brought me me to the land of Israel and placed me on a very high mountain, and on it was a structure like a city to the south. When he brought me there, I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze with a linen cord and a measuring stick in his hand. He was standing in the gateway. The man said to me, Son of man, watch closely. Listen carefully and pay attention to everything I show you, for you have been brought here so that I can show it to you. Tell the house of Israel everything you see. I saw a wall all around the outside of the temple. In the man's hand was a measuring stick, ten and a half feet long. He measured the thickness of the wall as ten and a half feet and its height as ten and a half feet. Then he went to the gate facing east. He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate as ten and a half feet deep. The alcoves were ten and a half feet long and ten and a half feet wide, with the alcoves between the alcoves were eight and three quarter feet. The threshold of the gate by the porch of the gate facing inward was ten and a half feet. Then he measured the porch of the gate facing inward as ten and a half feet, and he measured the porch of the gate as fourteen feet and its jams as thirteen and a half feet. The porch of the gate faced inward. There were three alcoves on each side of the east gate. The three had the same measurement, and the jams on either side had the same measurement. He measured the width of the entrance of the gateway as 17 and a half feet, and the length of the gateway as 22 and three quarter feet. There was a barrier in front of the alcoves, one and a third feet on either side. The alcoves were 10 and a half feet on either side. He measured the gateway from the roof of one alcove to the roof of the other, a width of 43 and three quarter feet from one entrance to the opposite one. He measured the porch at 105 feet high, the gateway all around to the jam of the courtyard. From the front of the entrance gate to the porch and the inner gate was 87 and a half feet. There were closed windows toward the alcoves and toward their jams within within the gate all around and likewise for the porches. There were windows all around the inside and on each jam were decorative palm trees. Then he brought me to the outer court. I saw chambers there and pavement made for all the court all around. Thirty chambers faced the pavement. The pavement was beside the gates corresponding to the length of the gates. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the width from before the lower gate to the front of the exterior and the inner court as 175 feet on the east and on the north. 
He measured the length and width of the gate at the outer court that faces north. Its alcoves, three on each side, and its jams and porches had the same measurements as the first gate, 87.5 feet long, 43 and 3 quarter feet wide. Its windows, its porches, and its decorative palm trees had the same measurement as the gate that faced east. Seven steps led up to it, and its porch was in front of them. Opposite the gate on the north and in the, and the east was a gate of the inner court. He measured the distance from the gate to gate, and it was 175 feet. Then he led me toward the south. I saw a gate on the south. He measured its jams and its porches, and they had the same dimensions as the others. There were windows all around it and its porches, like the windows of the others, 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarter feet wide. There were seven steps going up to it. Its porches were in front of them. It had decorative palm trees on its jams and on either side. The inner court had a gate toward the south. He measured it from gate to gate toward the south as 175 feet. Then he brought me to the inner court by the south gate. He measured the south gate. It had the same dimensions as the others. Its alcoves, its jams, and its porches had the same dimensions as the others, and there were windows all around it and its porches. Its length was 87 and a half feet, and its width was 43 and three quarter feet. There were porches all around, 43 and three quarter feet long and eight and three quarter feet wide. Its porches faced the outer court, and decorative palm trees were on its jams, and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side. He measured the gate, and it had the same dimensions as the others. Its alcoves, its jams, and its porches had the same dimensions as the others, and there were windows all around it and its porches. Its length was 87 and half feet, and its width was 43 and three quarter feet. Its porches faced the outer court. It had decorative palm trees on its jams, and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the north gate, and he measured it. It had the same dimensions as the others, its alcoves, its jams, and its porches. It had windows all around, and its length was 87 and a half feet, and its width 43 and three quarter feet. Its jams faced the outer court, and it had decorative palm trees on its jams on either side, and its stairway had eight steps. There was a chamber with its door by the porch of the gate. There they washed the burnt offering. In the porch of the gates were two tables on either side on which to slaughter the burnt offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. On the outside of the porch, as one goes up at the entrance of the north gate, were two tables, and on the other side of the porch on the other gate were two tables. Four tables were on each side of the gate, eight tables on which the sacrifices were to be slaughtered. The four tables for the burnt offering were of carved stone, 32 inches long, 32 inches wide, and 21 inches high. They would put the instruments that they used to slaughter the burnt offerings and the sacrifices on them. There were hooks three inches long fastened in the house all around, and on the tables was all the flesh of the offering. On the outside of the inner gate were chambers for the singers of the inner court, one on the side of the north gate facing south and on the other side, sorry, and the other on the side of the south gate facing north. He said to me, this chamber that faces south is for the priests who keep charge of the temple, and the chamber that faces north is for the priests who keep charge of the altar. These are the descendants of Zadok, from the, 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 the descendants of Levi, who may approach the Lord to minister to him. He measured the court as a square, 175 feet long, 175 feet wide. The altar was in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the porch of the temple and measured the jams and the porch as eight and three quarter feet on either side. The width of the gate was 24 and a half feet, and the sides were five and a quarter feet on each side. The length of the porch was 35 feet, and the width was 19 and a quarter feet. Steps led up to it, and there were pillars beside the jams on either side. Then he brought me to the outer sanctuary and measured the jams. The jams were 10 and a half feet wide and on each side. 
The width of the entrance was 17 and a half feet and the sides of the entrance were eight and three quarter feet on each side. He measured the length of the outer sanctuary as 70 feet and its width as 35 feet. Then he went into the inner sanctuary and measured the jams for the entrance as three and a half feet and the entrance as 10 and a half feet and the width of the entrance as 12 and a quarter feet. Then he measured its length at 35 feet and its width at 35 feet, therefore the outer sanctuary, before the outer sanctuary. He said to me, this is the most holy place. Now, just as we're going through all this, maybe you're thinking, why all this detail? And what you're basically hopefully able to picture, and maybe you are, maybe you aren't, I don't know. But this is a very symmetrical dimensions. Everything is symmetrical. It's square, it's matched, it's perfect in its dimensions, and it's all connected to the fact that God cares about the details, but also that he's designing something that's very symmetrical. And this is actually similar to the description of the new heavenly city that comes down from Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, which is also very symmetrical in its dimensions, showing a degree of perfection and beauty and symmetry that reflects the perfection and symmetry in a sense of God in his being a complete and whole being. So let's go back and continue with the measurements. Then uh, the man measured the wall of the temple is 10 and a half feet and the width of the side chambers is seven feet all around the temple. The side chambers were in three stories, one above the other, 30 in each story. There were offsets in the wall all around to serve as supports for the side chambers so that the supports were not in the wall of the temple. The side chambers surrounding the temple were wider at each successive story for the structure surrounding the temple went up story by story all around the temple. For this reason, the width of the temple increased as it went up and one went up from the lowest story to the highest story by way of the middle story. I saw that the temple had a raised platform all around. The foundations of the side chambers were a full measuring stick of ten and a half feet high. The width of the outer wall on the side chambers was eight and three quarter feet and the open area between the side chambers of the temple and the chambers of the court was 35 feet, which with all around the temple on every side. There were entrances from the side chambers toward the open area and one entrance toward the north, one towards the south, and one, uh, and the width of the open area was eight and three quarter feet all around. The building that was facing the temple courtyard at the west side was 122 and a half feet wide. The wall of the building was eight and three quarter feet thick all around and its length was 157 and a half feet. Then he measured the temple as 175 feet long, the courtyard of the temple and the building and its walls as 175 feet long, and also the width of the front of the temple and the courtyard on the east as 175 feet. Then he measured the length of the building facing the courtyard at the rear of the temple with its galleries on either side as 175 feet. The interior of the other outer sanctuary and the porch of the court, as well as the thresholds, narrow windows, and the galleries all around on three sides facing the threshold, were paneled with wood all around, from the ground up to the windows. Now the windows were covered. To the space above the entrance, to the inner room, and the, on the outside, and on all the walls in the inner room and outside by measurement. It was made up uh, with cherubim and decorative palm trees, with a palm tree between each cherub. Each cherub had two faces, a human face toward the palm tree on one side, and a lion's face toward the palm tree on the other side. They were carved on the whole temple all around, from the ground to the area above the entrance, cherubim and decorative palm trees were carved on the wall of the outer sanctuary. The doorposts of the outer sanctuary were square. In front of the sanctuary, one doorpost looked just like the other. The altar was of wood, five and a half feet high, with its length three and a half feet, its corners, its length, and its walls were of wood. 
He said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. The outer sanctuary and the inner sanctuary each had a double door. Each of the doors had two leaves, two swinging leaves, two leaves, one door for one door, and two leaves for the other. On the doors of the outer sanctuary were carved cherubim and palm trees, like those carved on the walls, and there was a canopy of wood on the front of the outside porch. There were narrow windows and decorative palm trees on either side of the uh, on either side of the side walls of the porch. This is what the side chambers of the temple and the canopies were like. Then he led me to the outer court toward the north and brought me to the chamber that was opposite the courtyard and opposite the building of the north. Its length was 175 feet on the north side and its width 87 and a half feet. Opposite the 35 feet that belonged to the inner court and opposite the pavement that belonged to the outer court, gallery faced gallery in the three stories. In front of the chambers was a walkway on the inner side, 17 and a half feet wide at a distance of one and three quarter feet, and their entrances were on the north. Now the upper chambers were narrower because the galleries took more space from them than from the lower or middle and middle chambers of the building. For they were in three stories and had no pillars like the pillars of the courts, therefore the upper chambers were set back from the ground more than the lower and middle ones. As for the outer wall by the side of the chambers toward the outer court facing the chambers, it was 87.5 feet long. For the chambers on the outer court were 87.5 feet long, while those facing the temple were 175 feet long. Below these chambers was a passage on the east side as one enters from the outer court. At the beginning of the wall of the court toward the south, facing the courtyard and the building, were chambers, like those on the north with a passage in front of them. The chambers that were toward the south were the same length and width as those on the north and had matching exits and entrances and arrangements. There was an opening at the head of the passage, the passage in front of the corresponding wall toward the east when one, when one enters. Then he said to me, the north chambers and the south chambers that face the courtyard are holy chambers where the priests who approach the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. There they will place the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering because the place is holy. When the priests enter, then they will not go out from the sanctuary to the outer court without taking off their garments in which they minister, for these are holy. They will put on other garments, then they will go near the place where the people are. Now, when they had finished measuring the interior of the temple, he led me out of the gate that faces east and measured all around. He measured the east side with a measuring stick as 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured the north side as 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured the south side as 875 feet by the measuring stick. And he turned toward the west side and measured 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured it on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 875 feet long and 875 feet wide to separate the holy and the common places. We're going to leave it there. And uh, next uh, episode, we'll be actually continuing this description where we see the glory of God returning to this temple that's just been measured and described in all these details. But now we're going to turn to John chapter 14, where Jesus talking to his disciples in the upper room begins to tell them about what he's going to do after his death and resurrection, and that is he's going to build a place for them and prepare a place for them to take them to where he is going. Now, they don't understand, but as we read through this, we can understand that Jesus is talking about preparing a place for them in a new heavens and a new earth. So John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be distressed, says Jesus. You believe in God, believe also in me. There are many dwelling places in my Father's house. Otherwise, I would have told you, because I am going away to make ready a place for you. 
And if I go and make a place ready for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you may be too. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, how do we know where you are going? How can we know the way? Jesus replied, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you will know my Father too. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be content. Jesus replied, Have I been with you for so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not believe me, believe because of the miraculous deeds themselves. I tell you the solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I am doing and will perform greater deeds than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot accept because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him because He resides with you and will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will not see me any longer, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. You will know that at that time that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Lord, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, What has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to to him and take up residence with him. The person who does not love me does not obey my words, and the word you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. I have spoken these things while staying with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I am. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but I am doing just what the Father has commanded me, that the world may know that I love the Father. Get up, let us go from here. And we'll leave it there. We'll pick it up again next episode where Jesus continued to talk to his disciples in the upper room. But here you notice that Jesus is promising to prepare a place for them and then saying, I won't leave you alone in the meantime, but I will send you the spirit that the father and the son are one, that the father and the son will come to make their home with us, that the spirit is coming to live in us, those who believe. And it's all quite mysterious, this three in one of God, father, son, and Holy Spirit. But in doing so, Jesus is saying, Ultimately, if you believe in him and trust in him, you will love him, you will obey him, and you'll be able to do those things because his spirit, the spirit of God, will dwell in you. And that's the ultimate dwelling and experience of being alive, that is to be in the presence of God, dwelling with him 
forever. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.